Welcome to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the breakthrough success coach and your powerful presence mentor. Welcome to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most. I'm your host, Dr. B, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the exponential success coach. Uh, today, you know, let's talk about how to sell more without selling. And rather, you you do that by being more authentic and recognizing that sales isn't about pushing something on someone, but actually about helping the other person solve a problem for them. We enter the world of collaboration. Today, I have with me Master Collaborator, I don't know if you've ever been called that. Master collaborator, Peter Anthony. And uh, we're about to explore the magic of collaboration. Collaboradabra, Peter. <laughs> wow. Welcome to One Sharp Sword. Good morning, Doc. Yeah, well, is it morning? I, it's, it's way it's, afternoon. It's morning. It? it's morning for me. It's, uh, it's 8 a.m. in the morning. I'm in Sydney, Australia. Very good. So well, as we record this, it's 3 p.m. California time. It would be 6 p.m. Eastern time. So good morning to you. Hello, wherever you are, as you listen to this. Uh, Peter is an expert in collaboration and helps people uh, do so much more by being authentic through collaboration. And I just I wanted to have this conversation. So um, you didn't wake up one morning, Peter, and go, I know I'm going to help people sell and I'm going to do it by, you know, by, by just being, by teaching them how to just be me um, or be themselves. So where let's talk a little bit about how'd you get your start? What was the process um, you went through to create Kind of the, I mean, you have this book, Collaboradabra, that I want to talk about as well. So talk a little bit about your journey, because I think that's part of what's fun for, well, it's fun for me as the host, but it's also, I think, a little bit fun for our audience as well. So talk a little bit about how'd you get to do what you're doing? That's a that's a great question. It started like most things by attempting to do the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love that? Isn't that great? See, that's part of why I, I enjoy these kinds of conversations. It's because it, it just normalizes who we are as humans. It's yeah. like, I'm meant to go this way and look what I landed. It's like, that's awesome. So, yeah, I, I meant to go to Mars, ended up on, on Venus. I I did a, um, a college degree, like a, a lot of people uh, coming out of college. I joined um, IBM. Uh, on a, a marketing and sales cadetship. And uh, in, then they gave us a year of, of sales training, Doc. They, they spent a year, uh, they gave us a senior um, account manager to work with, and they gave us a year of sales training. And what I found was one of the reasons I got employed and one of the reasons why I got on well with my, my senior mentor was that quite naturally I was really inquisitive and really curious about how businesses worked. And I'd, I'd meet clients and I'd be really curious about like how uh, a factory worked or how a consulting firm worked or how an engineering firm worked. And I'd be asking lots of questions. I'd be genuinely interested in the outcomes. And then, and I sold quite a lot relatively young. But what I found was the more of the sales training I, I, I taught, the less I sold. Uh, and it, I became a bit of a problem child in IBM because they didn't like then people not fitting the the mold. Because I was I was a successful salesperson, and I was doing the opposite of what I was being taught. And they thought I was doing this deliberately, like I was some Tom Cruise maverick flying a, a jet around mountains. But I, I wasn't doing it to be a maverick. I was doing it because it worked and because. I was genuinely interested in people. So that's that's where it started. That's that's where it began. So yeah. they couldn't afford to let you go because you were being successful and they couldn't rein you in because 
again, what you were doing was working. So, yeah, it, it, it was working. And uh, in, uh, in, in that generation of IBM, it was very much uh, cookie cutter selling. It was very much here's, here's the questions to ask, here's how to build rapport, here's how to ask questions, uh, here's how to close sales. And it was very much follow the process. Uh, and and uh, what I found uh, was the the opposite was working. I didn't really know why the opposite was working. Uh, I knew I was genuinely curious about people, and I still am. I, I love particularly people that are very different than me. I'm very curious about what makes them think and what makes them tick, and and I'm very curious about how businesses work and how businesses make money. And I'm just when I meet a client, I'm just curious about uh, what works. Uh, and that was the that was the curiosity was the beginning of the journey for me because initially I was I was introverted, Doc, and I still am to a large extent. I still would rather be alone than be with people, funnily enough, being in my role. Uh, and it was it was my mother that coaxed me out of my bedroom to talk to my relatives when I was a little kid. And I found rather than talk to my relatives, if I just ask them questions, they do the talking. Uh, and that was that was also part of the, I guess, one of the threads um, that I, I learned about. And rather than talking, I just ask questions and be interested in listening to the answers. Does that make sense, Doc? It totally makes sense. It, and it's a great, it's a it's a really great way of being with other people. Um, and I loved how you just turned it back to me with a question, which was awesome. You start to you start to hear stuff like that as you as you engage with other people, you hear how they use questions and you hear how people answer um, and, and just to toss it back with another question. And that was very elegant, nicely done. Yeah, it, it's, it's like it's like um, how I, I talk to my children. I mean, uh, I've got I've got five children, Doc, uh, and, and, and two of them really like understanding uh, or hearing their own voices when they're talking. Right. And I, I talk about conversations as being a game, and if it's if it's always your turn, it's not really much fun playing with you. You know what I mean? Like if you that's, a, that's a gem. That is a gem. If you think about conversations being a game, it's not much fun if if the other person doesn't get a turn. Right? It's not much fun for the other person. It's not much fun. It's not much fun, and and you don't you don't learn much. And what I found is I've met. Some fascinating people, Doc. I was on a I was on a flight pre-COVID um, to the UK to do some work, and there was this uh, lady sitting alongside me, uh, and uh, she was she was reading a book on uh, exhuming human remains, like wow. digging up human remains. And I thought, I've got to I've got to ask her about this book, right? Like what, what she's um, this book, um, um, what she's uh, what she's into. And it, it turns out she was on her way to Central Europe to. Um, to between Bosnia and Serbia, she was a forensic archaeologist. She was part of a team that, that were built that were digging up human remains to put a, uh, to work out how these people were deceased and put a case to the war crimes tribunal for alleged war crimes for how these people were uh, were killed. Uh, and she'd written a book. Her name was Mia Koff. She wrote a book called uh, The Bone Woman. And she was really interested in forensic archaeology, and I found that fascinating. I'm not a forensic archaeologist, but I found I find people's journeys fascinating. Like if, if I'm working with engineers and I'm I'm working with a guy that's 50 years old and he's spent his entire life understanding how water travels through pipe, that's that, that's his entire obsession ever since he was a kid. He loved how water traveled through pipes, did a PhD in water traveling through pipes, and now is a global expert on, on pipes and how water and liquids travel through pipes. I find that fascinating. I find that really interesting. So when I ask them questions, I'm, I'm not asking them as some part of contrived structure of open and closed questions. I'm asking because I'm genuinely interested. And if he's really into water going through pipes, guess what? He loves talking about water going through pipes. <laughs> if I'm interested in that, he's gonna, I'm going to build a good relationship with this guy. I love that. That's, I, you know, I would challenge our listeners, our viewers to um, think about the next person you meet, what is it they're into? 
you know, is it someone who is uh, delivering the mail? Is it somebody who is uh, building something on a scaffold? Is it something who's stocking a shelf? Like what makes their job or their life interesting? What part of their life do they love the most? Uh, It's, it is one of the reasons that I do a podcast. I get to meet tons of people. I get to bring people with various backgrounds to my audience. Talk a little bit about what you do now, um, because it's not it's not just meeting people. I mean, you're consulting, right? So. <laughs> not meeting random random people on, on, on aircraft. But what what I do now is uh, I. Uh, I help organizations grow by helping them understand how to collaborate internally and externally. Uh, that's 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 the core of, of what I'm doing. And uh, I was um, I was sitting in an airport lounge uh, one morning in, in in Cairo. I was I was thinking about this idea of collaboration, and I thought, you know what? There's magic in collaboration. I thought abracadabra, collaboration, collaboradabra. Hence, I wrote the book that you talked about earlier, The Magic of Collaborative Conversations. And I'm I'm on a mission, Doc, to help people understand, like from a, a cultural point of view, from a team's perspective, and even like a, a sales perspective, if I can use that word, that you will get demonstrably better outcomes. You'll get them bigger and faster when you turn traditional selling on its head. If you think about everything you've learned or heard about selling, if you do the opposite, it's much more likely to work. Uh, Uh, I I want to go down that avenue. I want to, um, I think that's, I think that's really important. The, the, here's what attracted me about bringing you on the show, right? I get a chance to read a little bit about you and, you know, find out tidbits here and there. And, and it's like, do I want to bring you? Do I not want to bring you? And I've said, I've said no to multiple people, and I've said yes to multiple people for various reasons. I said yes to you because, um, just in in my consulting, uh, it, it, one of the most absurd things I came across was a leader, and I talked with him about collaboration with internal divisions. And his response was a forehead slapper. It was like, you've got to be kidding me. I go, look, you've, you know, you are in a position where you could get more done by collaborating with this division or that division. And his response was, we'd collaborate just fine. If they would do things our way, we'd be collaborating absolutely fine. And he was serious and it was, it was like, oh, well, do I have to define what collaboration is? Like if they do things our way, we'd be collaborating. Um, And it just, it was one of those. like, like If if only they started uh, doing things my way, um, we could have a a great collaboration. The the interesting thing, Doc, is uh, I've met many people like that. I've met many people. Uh, met, uh, like the old old school uh, leaders, because I do a lot of work in the in the in the engineering space. Mm. I find in, in in engineering and in, in industrial areas, there's a lot of uh, older school leaders. Now, uh, the thing is, I, I can actually what I lo- what I like about it is we can bring them into a workshop and we can we can run activities in teams. And one of the activities we run is we say, okay, we get him and his colleagues. And the other group and their colleagues was okay. You've been you've been uh, you've involved in a in a uh, in a, in a plane crash. There's, there's been a uh, aircraft accident. Uh, you've all survived. There's uh, there's ten of you there. Say so there's ten on the team, and and here's the items that have been left that you've got. Everything from a, a gun to a bottle of whiskey to a, a plastic raincoat. When you get individually, each person gets to ind- individually rank those items from like one to ten in terms of what's most useful. In terms of survival, and we, we record that, we record that down. Then we get, then we get the team to make a decision, right? The, the team to rank those those ten things in a as group. a group. So ranking it individually, I, I know this exercise. Yeah, uh, and, rank and it individually, I'd rank I've, it as a group. 
Yeah, I've done several of these. I love it. Yeah, and and usually you're like, I think this, and then as a group, you have to decide and come up with a you score. You have to decide. Exactly, and 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 what it what it does is it it elicits what's called the wisdom of the crowd, which was popularized by James Jarecki. Went back to um, uh, Francis Galton back in 1906. Mm. Uh, when 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 Galton Galton there was a a, a fate and there was a, a an ox a fattened ox. Uh, up on display, and the fairgoers could guess out um, uh, how much the the ops weighed, and the most accurate guess got the opt. Now, the most accurate guess at that at that fair came within a hundred pounds of the correct weight. What Galton did um, was he he collected all the tickets, he averaged all the uh, all the guesses, and the average guesses came within one pound of the correct weight, which was the beginning of this wisdom of the crowd idea that the, the a team. A well-formed team makes a smarter decision than its smartest member. Now, in most things, like say athletics, if you go to the hundred meters race at the Olympics, the average uh, won't be excellent. The, the, the average would be that uh, would be much lower than the, the winning speed. But it, in terms of decision making, it turns out the average or the wisdom of the crowd is smarter than its smartest member. Now, you run these exercises, and people like your colleague that says, "If only they, they did it my way." He looks at that and says, you know what, uh, I've got shareholders, I've got profitability, I've got money that I would like to make in this business. I am much better off collaborating because then my business will make smarter decisions. And there's a lot of work around client relationships and customer relationships. And if you collaborate, you understand who your ideal clients and customers are and understand how to collaborate with them. Wharton Business School says you'll get more profitable sales growth than if you sell to them. There's a lot, so a lot of good science behind this. So, so I, I, I can claim it. I, I can say, yep, it, I love it's not it. about being nice. It's not about like, I'm going to give you a big cuddle and a, and a hug, Doc, because I really I really like you. I'm going to collaborate. No, it's not that at all. It's just smart business. It's just smart I, I business. Would, I would take the cuddle and hug as well. So um, I'd give you a virtual hug. <laughs> thank you so much. My question is, given we both run these exercises, and I know that you've run into the same issues that I have in doing this, in that while you want group participation, when it comes to the wisdom of the crowd, those who are slightly introverted, those who are more shy than introverted, because they're not the same, those who don't feel like they have a position of power and therefore won't speak up, they often have wisdom, but they won't share it in the group yeah. setting at the time of the discussion. How do you encourage those that are withholding for whatever reason um, to actually participate, to actually share? How do you how do you encourage that in a group setting? And how do you teach? leaders to draw that out because that is a huge skill that whether you're running the family or you're running a PTA, uh, right? Parent teacher association, or whether you're, you know, a member of a corporate organization, your voice matters. So how do you draw out the voices of those that, that aren't readily participating? Yeah, that's a great question. And you're absolutely right. Um, the uh, introverts tend to not speak up in groups, and introverts also have uh, fewer, deeper relationships. So they're less likely to speak up in, in that environment. And one of the things uh, I encourage with leaders or people like senior decision makers in organisations is to have more conversations, have more conversations uh, in the business. And in fact, um, it quite often when I when I look at someone's psychometrics, um, we use a tool called uh, Lumina, which measures things like intimacy, which is your conversation level, like uh, like your level of collaboration, like your level of, of of empathy. And I'll often find those leaders, those very outcome driven leaders that we're talking about, tend to have very low levels of of intimacy, which means they have very few one on one conversations. And I would I encourage them. I'll say, look. Spend a week, count the number of conversations that you have uh, each day, uh, and and then at the end of the week, your average might be, say, five or six. I'd say this for a month, try increasing that by 
um, have 50% more conversations uh, for the next month and just see what happens. And what you'll find is you'll get more of the wisdom from the introverts because you're right. And, and they're often also the people that study things more closely, that reflect more and study. So if you're looking for a, a technical solution to a problem, you're more likely to find it from an introvert than, a, than an extrovert. Uh, and and they'll have the answer, and they they will like the fact that you've taken the time to invest in a conversation with them, and and they will take that very seriously. Uh, that that is uh, uh, that that is key for the introverts, and one of the reasons the book is on collaborative conversations is I believe collaboration begins with a conversation. Uh, it's it, it's the it, it's the it's the the most important relationships we have are the ones we have one on one, like we have our romantic relationships, we have our friendships, we have our business relationships. To me, the most important ones are the are the ones we have with like firstly with ourselves, like how well, what how good how well do you collaborate with yourself? If I can use that expression, like how well aligned are you? Then it's like your romantic relationships, your friendships, your business relationships. And what I've found, Doc, is the quality of your relationships is the quality of your conversations. Agreed. You want high-quality conversations. You want high-quality relationships, have high-quality conversations. Even people like John Gottman um, has found that in terms of romantic relationships. And what we found in, in business relationships, it's the same. The quality of the business relationship is the quality of the conversation. I'm sure you find that. In podcasting too, the quality of the podcast is the quality of the conversation. Indeed, I um, I actually in my business life as well and and personal life when I meet new people, when I'm at a networking event or when I'm introduced to somebody new, um, I will absolutely never ever start with the weather. And I will, I will very, very seldom start with what do you do? Yeah. Uh, those are the easy go-to. Wow, you know, it's been so cold lately and finally warming up. Okay. But that doesn't get you anywhere. It's a nice icebreaker, maybe. Um, what if you started with, you know, something a little more, a little more substantial, like, hey, you know, what was the best part of your day today? Without ever knowing anything about that person, just start with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if you if you saw a presentation, you might say, oh, "What did you enjoy most about what Mary was saying, or what Catherine was sharing, or whatever that might be?" And and get attempt to get it a bit deeper because they're likely to be very smart and very focused and uh, um, and and fairly driven if they're at an event like that. Mm. I, I don't tend to like networking events per se. I I don't. I find them to be full of sales and I'm looking for my business card and wanting to sell me a photocopier. Nothing against photocopiers. That's awesome. Nothing against photocopiers. I had a lady recently attempted to sell me a photocopier at a, at a networking event. And she actually, this you, you'll love this, she actually had the photocopier in her car. She wanted me to come out to the uh, car park and see a demonstration of the photocopier. I thought, okay. How about a vacuum? <laughs> You are listening to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with your host, Dr. Wayne Purnell. You know you are bigger than the life you are leading. It really is time to attend to that thing you've wanted to do or have, but you've been putting off. It's time to step into that dream you've parked for someday. It's time to claim true well-being, both personally and professionally, without giving up the success that got you here. It's time to check out Dr. Purnell's signature small group retreat, the Exponential Success Summit. Explore ExponentialSuccessSummit.com. Seats are extremely limited as this is a very special small group event. www.ExponentialSuccessSummit.com. Yeah, so I, I think I think it's a it's all about it's all about the conversation, and it's all about yeah, understanding okay. how to how to have that how to have that conversation in, with a, with a collaborative intent. Uh, and to me, uh, 
it's the first building block. It, 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 once you get that part right, you can then you can then build the team, you can build the culture, uh, and you, you can also build uh, like client relationships too. Like look, look at understanding um, how to how to collaborate with your your best customers, and and quite regularly for my clients, I'm I am running like facilitated meetings with their biggest clients, saying things like. How do we make this relationship more ideal for you? This is to their client, mm-hmm. and looking at bringing both parties together, because the the clients want success as much as the as the providing organization does. Um, so it, it works on that level too. In my world of exponential success, um, exponential success as a brand is founded on three V's, which starts with values vision and and vitality yep and and what going back to something you said a couple minutes ago which was the quality of your relationships is really based on or founded on the quality of your conversations it is if you have a values-based conversation and it doesn't have to be hey my values are these but really you know talking about what matters to you and finding out about what matters to the other person you're going to be able to come to a place of having a vision of the same thing. We are both headed in this direction if our values align. And you use the word alignment early on. And this is true whether you're in a couple, right? As, as couples, what do we both want from our relationship? And it's, it's one of those things that I really, I highly recommend couples to do to have that conversation what do we want what kind of life are we building um and it and it's interesting i actually got into consulting almost 40 years ago when in doing couples work there the the gentleman the man called me and he said thank you for doing what you did with me and my wife and i'm like you're welcome he goes but i'm calling because I need you to do that thing that you did. And I'm like, that thing I did. He goes, that thing you did with me and my wife, can you do that with me and my vice president? And I hadn't realized that he was really the president of a big, big company in South San Francisco. And I started going to the company and doing essentially communication work which was values-based. What do you value? Well, what do you value? Are you on the same page? What do you value for the company? What do you value for the company? Are you on the same page? Are you headed in that direction? And and that's, I mean, for me, that was really the process of uh, getting to a collaborative place and working agreements. You know, what happens when you disagree? How do you agree that you're going to talk about the disagreements? Well, you, you've got to work out, you know, work out why why you're disagreeing. I guess I'm I'm on exactly the same page, Doc. I mean, when I talk about building collaborative relationships, we talk about like if I'm um, potentially collaborating with you, I, I'd be wanting to know like what your values are, like what's most important to you. Mm-hmm. And you'll probably give me three or four things. I'd like to know like what order, and what's the most important, second most important, third most important. I, I'd like to know what they mean for you. Like if, if you say to me vitality is important to me i say well doc what does vitality mean to you i'm really curious because uh, because it's i mean usually when misunderstandings happen it's when we use the same word for different meanings i mean vitality for me means being cold i love jumping in the ocean in the middle of winter and swimming a couple of kilometers near where i live every friday morning some friends and i spend 10 minutes in an ice bath because we love it now vitality for me means being cold I really like what Wim Hof has done with it, with ice baths. So it's going to vary from person to person. And then I also want to know what you want to avoid the most. Like, Doc, when we're, when we're, when we're talking about vitality, what do you want to avoid the most? I'm really, I, 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 want to avoid, I, I want to avoid ice baths. <laughs> A lot of people do. And it's really interesting. Um, rather than looking for people like me, I, I find people that are, that are different than me, more interesting. I get more curious than than people that are just like me. I get them. They, they're just like me. And people are different than me. I, I get really curious as to what led them on the journey to get to where they are. So I can understand those things. Then if I'm making a proposition to you, if I'm recommending something to you, I know what I'm recommending to. I know the set of values I'm recommending to. And if I want to 
if there's something about those I need to change, I'm, I might make a recommendation to that changes one of those values. The, 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 it might change their order. It, I might introduce a new one to you. Like, like someone like me has didn't grow up with AI. And right now I'm using AI. I love ChatGPT. I use ChatGPT almost every day to get insights and advice about a whole range of things. That's completely new to me. And a friend of mine introduced it to me. And now, uh, th- and that's a, a great step forward. So if I stuck in my values my entire life, nothing would ever change. Sure. Nothing would ever change. Uh, so you can make, and then you can make recommendations to help people um, improve improve their lives. So that that's crucial. And it's also part of the curiosity piece too. Well, what you also said in there was that you value change. Yes. Yeah, I, I do. And I, I've, I value change in me, also value change in the people that I'm working with. I mean, in, in my coaching practice and my client practice, most of my clients I'm very close to. They're almost like friends because I'm, I'm really interested in helping them achieve their objectives. I really care. And they feel that I really care about them. I care about them and their business and their business outcomes. Um, and I'm, I'm really curious about helping them uh, look at beneficial change in their lives. Because as you know, Doc, that's the best feeling in the world, to wake up in the morning and think, you know what? Someone's life is better off as a result of my existence today. I mean, uh, and that's what makes life worth living. I mean, th- th- then the money comes. I mean, the, the money follows that. Yes. Uh, the, 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 the growth follows that, that intent. And people feel that. They feel like, yeah, this guy gives a shit. He cares. Yeah. And I actually actually do care. Isn't that great? Yeah. It's nice to be able to care about what you do. It really is. I, yeah, yeah. You know, well, I, well, I wake well, up. Well, well it, it, it's ultimately people. I mean, no matter how big the company is, like he can be president, she can be the vice president, whatever it is. Ultimately, she's a person and she's a person that wants to be happy. Uh, she wants to be happy and there's a part of her life where she's not happy. And if we can help her um, feel good by doing well uh, commercially, fantastic. She get she gets her outcome. She gets to feel happy. I feel good when when she feels. I think that was the old. Who was it? I think it was Zig Ziglar. You'll, you'll get everything you want when they get what they want. You can help. You can get whatever you want when you help enough people get what they want. Exactly. I love Zig. And I'll yeah. see and, you at the top. Yeah, that was. I'll all see, and I'll see you at the top. That's right, Zig Ziglar. I remember Zig. <laughs> I used to have his. Uh, his cassettes in my car when I was driving around to. Um, now to you me. are dating yourself. But I love me, Zeke. But me too. Cassettes in the car. I love Zeke. I love Zeke. But it's true. Uh, it, it 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 is uh, it, it is true. And ultimately, that's what that's what collaborations about. It's about being. Uh, it's about being selfish because I know I will get more of what I want in my life when you get more of what you want. I really you know, know it, it is. It is very special if you can wake up. You know, for me, I wake up and I I am grateful and I think about how am I going to serve greatly today? And yeah. and it's it's kind of wonderful because it helps me approach my calendar so differently versus, oh, I've got to do this and I've got to do that. And I've got this yeah. call and I've got that call. Oh, I have to do another podcast. It's yeah. like, no, I get to meet some amazing people today. Yeah, how do. cool yeah. is that? And it's it's like changing it's changing one little letter, Doc. Rather than saying I've got to, you say I get to. Or rather than right. say I've got to do this podcast, it's like I get to do this podcast. Yeah, I, I get to meet the Doc and have a great conversation with him. Exactly. I get to do that. Oh, I've got to do it. I get to do that. I get it's to. It's really cool. Exactly. It's and a gift. Shifts, yeah, I get to do that. Exactly. Like a little shift, like a little a little twist. It's uh, a. Little it twist. is one of the little. <laughs> It's one of the little twisted areas of my life. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> talk a little bit about your book, because I I want to I want to help you kind of get it out there. So uh, it, as people it, get Collaboradabra, is that what it is? It, it is Collaboradabra. Well, the the book uh, the, there's 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 two ways of doing it. One is the book. Which is available wherever you want to buy books. Uh, Collaborateabra. It rhymes with abracadabra. Uh, the second is uh, I I run regular uh, virtual workshops on 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 this on on, on collaboration. Um, so um, that is potentially something people could get um, get involved on too. So they can contact me through your show, uh, and uh, they can inquire about 
attending a, a virtual workshop on, on this. And, and what they do is they bring their business problems or their business opportunities to the meeting or to the um, to the workshop. And we keep the groups pretty small, like six to eight people, so we can have conversations about how it applies. And we look at real-life collaborative outcomes for their particular business issues or their so particular it's an, business it's problems. like an online virtual mastermind. It is. Yeah, it's it's a masterclass. Yeah, we get like six people, uh, maximum eight together, um, and perhaps there's a, a group of listeners that that, uh, that might want to do that together. Uh, and we have a we have a, a vert, it's usually for about ninety minutes. Seems to work about right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we we go through the uh, the collaborative process, like the the the, uh, the the collaborative growth process. And as we as we look at each step, people say, well, "How does that apply in my business?" It could be anything from engineering to photocopiers to cars. <laughs> sure. It could be anything. It could be anything. Trains. It could be. It doesn't matter what it is. I've been doing it since nineteen ninety eight. So, so I've, I've got the hang of it now. I think so. Is there a framework you walk people through? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I've I, I walked them. I've walked them through. Uh, I've walked them through a, um, a framework. It's a it's a client centric um, collaborative framework um, to grow to grow the business. It, it starts it starts with the culture, then the client relationships, and the conversations. Um, and it's uh, it's terrific because because other people. You, you know how to apply it to your business, plus you know how to apply it to other businesses too. So then you really understand how it works. And it's uh, I, I love it. I love it. I get to help six people in, say, 90 minutes. That's awesome. Uh, which, so, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. I would love to put the contact for that in the show notes, as cool. well as for those listening um, and not going to the show notes. How do they find you? They find me just... It's it's all one word, PeterAnthonyConsulting.com. You can find me there. Or um I'm also I'm also collaboration guy, collaborationguy.com. You can find me there too. But if you just type in collaborationguy.com, you'll find me, or you can find me in Peter Anthony Consulting. You'll find me in either. Okay. I, I like the collaboration guy. guy. Yeah. yeah. I was I was on a podcast last year and I said Oh, you're the collaboration guy. You should be called the collaboration guy. So I can be called the collaboration guy. So awesome. that um, set that up too. So, uh, but I'd, I'd love to do that if that's possible, Doc. Yeah, you guys. That's what I love doing. That's that's great. Yeah, it's sort of like a puzzle, right? It's you know it you, is. And then people share and and they learn from each other. And they share and learn from each other and you learn how to um how it applies to your business. I had one recently and she was running uh, of all things a, a bridal service. She would like a, 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 a what would you call it a high-end bridal service and um, another person who was building um a podcast consulting business. But it doesn't matter what the business is, engineering, because essentially it's all about. People collaborating with people to achieve business outcomes. That's great. I mean, yeah, if you think what, about even the stories you talked about, the people you met on planes and, you know, the the woman who was learning you know, or the expert in exhumation, right, digging <laughs> up bodies, it's like there's collaboration there. There's got to be yeah, collaboration yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's collaborating with her colleagues to put together um, a um, – a case to a war, a war crimes tribunal. There are a whole range of different levels of expertise involved in doing that. So I have this I kind of you. concept that I call the, the golden plunger. It's yeah. sort of like if we're involved in an ego struggle, you and me, well, I want this, well, I want that, well, I want this, well, I want that, you know, then it's then it's sort of this tug of war and it creates all this muck. But if we are focused on what is the common outcome that we both want, then it becomes yeah. this kind of triangle that, that is above us. And if you add a stick, it's like it pulls you straight up. If you focus on what is it we both want versus you, me, you, me, it's like we both want a certain outcome. And it's probably not too dissimilar. Um, no. I want it yeah. my way. Well, I want it my way. It's like, well. What are we both working for? I saw this big time in when way back again, 40 years ago, when I was doing couples work, 
And, and it was like, uh, you know, couples that were separating, well, girl, you suck. Well, girl, you suck more. And, and it was a kind of mudslinging, which is where it gets mucky. And, and then it's like, well, what are you both after? Well, we want the best for the children. Awesome. Then let's focus on the children. And, and what does creating an environment for them look like where you can both stop the crap that is going on back and forth? And this happens in businesses too. So it's a great kind of analogy. And it's like, what is the positive outcome you're both after? And if you attach a stick to that, it becomes the golden plunger that pulls you both up out of the muck. Yeah, exactly. And and you're you're both if if you're in a if you're in a um, a buyer seller relationship, you're uh, you're both better off that the the, um, the the buyer the buying organisation and the selling organisation are both better off when they collaborate. It's a matter of well, how do we go about doing that? How, exactly. How do we, how, how do we build that collaborative relationship? And that, that's where the profitable growth happens for the selling organization and the uh, and the real outcomes happen for the, the buying organization. And it's true across like engineering and retail, it, it, any industry you can think of. Uh, even in, even, in um, even defense, I was working on a project recently where there was a, uh, our, our local defense force spends a billion dollars a year on defense infrastructure. And we're working with them, helping them to collaborate with engineering firms so that they could provide better, um, better military and armed forces engineering solutions for the defence forces. So even at that level, uh, it's the, the collaboration piece works because up until then it was all a matter of well, they're the military, we're the providers, and it was a very much an us and them sort of um, like not a fight, but like a uh, a, a buyer seller relationship, and yes. Uh, yes. And, and and ultimately, it's the the outcome is a is a safer a safer country. So there, there, as you say, at the top of that stick, there's ultimately a better outcome. Yes, that we yes. both that we both share. If that, you're that if you there. think about it in terms of in tribe and out tribe, and you know, it's like, well, you're not really one of us. Uh, the truth is, you expand your circle and. And they expand their circle. Now we're we've got a bigger us, right? It's like <laughs> you've got a bigger us, and, and often I mean, there's there's a company just a couple of doors down from um, from, from my office um, that uh, that sells uh, uh, it's he's it, it's conveyor belt monitoring. You'd love this. You'd love this stock. A conveyor belt it. monitoring <laughs> business, right? Uh, and I said, look, I met the guys. He said, I'm really curious about conveyor belt monitoring, right? And all these guys do is they monitor conveyor belts, but they monitor them for some of the biggest companies in the world. And all they're interested in is conveyor belts. So guess what? If you need a new conveyor belt, in, say you're Amazon, you need a new conveyor belt in, in, in your warehouse, you've got no idea about conveyor belts. You need these guys that are that only are interested in conveyor belts and conveyor belt monitoring. So when you collaborate, you're both going to be better off. The conveyor belt monitoring organization gets a nice big new client and Amazon gets to understand how to work conveyor belts and conveyor belt monitoring better in Amazon to provide better service to their customers. I mean, they both win. It is a win. That I mean, that who thinks you don't wake up one day and go, I think I'm going to start a conveyor belt monitoring company. That came from the desire to solve a problem. Exactly. And that's and, huge. And, and, and ultimately, ultimately, it's people like you and me, if we happen to be Amazon customers, it's ultimately us that win because we get our products earlier and easier and cheaper and with less fuss because of guys like them. I mean, ultimately, this 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 partnering, this collaboration, it works. It works for both of you and the ultimate the ultimate customer or the customer of, of, of your clients. Then you think, exactly. well, how do we go about doing that? Which is what I love working through. Again, more puzzles. It's great. And you don't always see it's sort of like the the hidden, the hidden components to making it work, right? You you and I, we order something on Amazon or or another big box store and ta-da, it shows up at our door a day or so later. There's yeah. a lot of how in that. And all of yeah. the pieces of the how, like we have faith that it'll just happen. All of the pieces of the how yeah. are collaborators 
with each step along the way. And, you know, the first step or the second step doesn't have to collaborate with the eighth step. They have to collaborate like the second step has to collaborate with the first and the third. And, it's, and, it's and, and, and ultimately, we're, we're both after, if, if you're a provider, if you're a sales, if you're in a sales role, uh, ultimately, you're working for the customer of your customer. Exactly. Like if, if if it's Amazon, ultimately, if I'm working with Amazon, I'm ultimately working for the Amazon customer to give them a a better experience. Or if I'm working for a big publishing company, like say from I'm, I'm I'm working I'm working for a news media organization. Ultimately, I'm 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 helping uh, people pr- uh, get better a better more accurate news service or a bit better, more accurate information uh, about what it is that they're most interested in. So we, we are working together to uh, to provide an outcome for something or somebody else. And uh, once you start thinking that way, uh, that that's where the magic starts happening. And, and you believe, yes. and you think optimistically. You think, yes, I'm thinking collaboratively. I'm thinking optimistically. I'm thinking, yeah, you know what? We can make great things happen. Not just we can, but we must because thinking optimistically is going to help us both achieve better outcomes for people. And we're going to in, we're going to enjoy the process and have some nice trophies in the cabinet to say, hey, here's here's what I've done, or here's what we've achieved together uh, in, in in our in our commercial relationship. It's a great way to feel. A great it's way. It's a to, it's thinking. a great. It's a great uh, process. It is a great way to feel. You know, one of the things that that polls year after year after year have shown, and it became hugely dramatic during the pandemic, was that what people, uh, among the things that people really want from their jobs is to know that what they're doing is valuable. Tell me yeah. that it's meaningful. And yeah. what you were talking about is keep the end user in mind. You know, yeah, it's not yeah. about packaging a widget in a certain way. It's not about can we get it in a box or whatever. It's what is that thing that you've packaged? What's it going to do for the person who receives it? Yeah, And that's I, I, where it I, becomes I, meaningful. It, it does. And it's, it's funny you should mention that because I, I was working with a um, – a huge, um, like a global packaged food organization who make a lot of chocolates, right? Uh, and they're feeling a bit depressed and they, they sell one like globally recognized bar of chocolate, right? That's like in wafers, it's like you break off the wafers. And the way, the way, the way they thought about it, the way the leader of the group thought about it was that, you know what, this is about people sharing an experience because they did all their customer research and consumer research. And most people who bought this product, because it was quite expensive, it was like the top end of the range of chocolate, they bought it to share with somebody. Say, so, hey, Doc, I, I brought over this product. Let's let's have it with a cup of coffee or a cup. Of, I'm going to share it with you. It was like a little bit of a gift. So it, it was like a, it was, uh, they were, uh, they saw that as creating moments where you can celebrate together or improving moments when you can, you're not just making and selling chocolate bars, but they're, they're selling experiences between people. Like I, I might bring some to my mum in a nursing home. I might give some to my sister. I might share a, a block with you uh, and think, well, that, that's a great way. of There's an ultimate, there's a goal above and beyond the physical delivery of whatever the product is that we're making uh, or whatever we're selling. Yeah. I think I, I love um, that. Yeah, truly, putting yourself in the experience of the end user is is huge, and yeah. the fact that anybody that works around chocolate could be depressed. I mean, what's up? They've got <laughs> phenylethylamines all over the place. That is the love enzyme. So, um, you know, let's go. <laughs> the, the problem I found working with them was I put on a lot of weight. I worked with them for about a year, and I put on a lot of because every time I went to a meeting, there was like a whole jar of bowl of these chocolates, and. You would eat them like the, the latest variant of this that particular was, bar. That, like, that was the before you variant. before you took the the ice baths. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, that, that's I need the ice bath. Or he wouldn't fit in the ice bath. That's exactly. All, 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 all oh, that's, great. that's great. Crazy, 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 crazy. So, uh, so, uh, and, and it all starts with the conversations, Doc. It all starts with the conversations. It all starts with understanding how to have one of those collaborative conversations and, and, and build, build, be curious, um, 
be genuinely interested in in in, uh, in creating something special with people, and they will come back to you, uh, and, and the relationship will deepen. The outcomes will uh, will expand. Uh, for you, for the the other organisation that you're working with, and ultimately for um, a, a cause that's bigger, like whether whether it's people just celebrating together or enjoying an experience together. Uh, that's right. something uh, worth uh, worth pursuing. Get you up in the morning. It's exactly right. It's the that's yeah. the thing at the top of the of the triangle. Right? Is it's not about you or me or how we get it done. It's about what is the end result for the end user? And let's talk about how to how to get there. It's that how question uh, yeah. with the understanding that we both want this particular outcome. That's great. And I, you know, I start the podcast with that. Well, that, that that's the magic, Doc. That, that's the magic. That is the magic. That's awesome. That's, it, it's the magic because it just appears. It just, wow. It's awesome. Good. You know that one of my brands is the magic of Dr. P. I don't know if you knew that, but no, no, I didn't know that. Magic of Dr. P LLC. I used to be a magician as a performing magician. I Uh, did not know that. Yeah. So there you go. That was the other reason that Collaborative sort of appealed to me. Oh, right. I did not know that. On a kind of a personal level, it's like anybody that's going to play with magic, because one of the values I have is I want there to be a sense of magic in pretty much everything I do. Like, yeah. wow, that was kind of cool. How you know, like, I want to see more of that, you know. Yeah. So I love the idea of collaborative, collaborative, collaborative. I love and that. It's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome too. I mean, I was running a workshop. I run them every week. I was running one uh, last week, and there was a a woman in the workshop had one of those real aha moments when she thought. Oh, now I get it, uh, and it, I, I love watching. I like like watching them perform their magic, or the, yeah. them realizing their magical powers. Definitely, and, and it's that's when it's really cool. I think, wow, she she understands the real power that she's got, the real magic she can create, and that's what's going to make her happy. It's beyond exactly anything right. else. It's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. That's and where. You and I become sort of the Wizard of Oz. We're the we're behind the curtain, going. Yeah, yeah. You've really got the power, right? You, dear, dear, you know, lion, you've got the courage already. Um, Let me show you where you put it. And it's so it's so great. It's so great. Yeah, and and that's how it works. It takes a while to get there, though. Like I, I didn't, I wasn't like back in IBM on day one. Think, oh yeah, this is like the Wizard of Oz Oz and the Lion. I'm going to help him create magic. It wasn't like that. No. It was like a whole lot of things that didn't work and then finally working out what does work. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Wasn't and, and, and back to what you said, it all starts with the conversation. So good. It all starts with curiosity and conversations uh, and having a, posit- a positive intent. Singing my yeah. song. You're singing my song. It's so good. I'm singing your song. Yeah. I mean, it's right. The, the most people who know me know that Curious George is yeah. sort of my spirit animal. Yeah. Yes. He goes with me wherever I go just to keep me yeah. smiling and uh, in the space of staying curious and being in the place of wonder. If you're in curiosity, you can't be in judgment. So that's yeah. that's a huge piece. Um that magic is, you know, you you make magic wherever you are. Um, and that it's not about I'm so magical. It's about I'm on a journey. Join me and you'll find your magic on this journey. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's uh, and and the communication is gigantic. Communication counts. Um, so, you know, being able to share that <laughs> and build it, that's that's part of the magic, too. So. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't. I didn't realize how similar we we thought. It was uh, yeah, uh, and isn't that great? Part of the unfolding. It's uh, right it's, here it's, on, it, on one sharp. It's bizarre that like two guys in different parts of the world and diff- with different experiences ultimately have the same experience. It's it's ultimate. It's ultimately the same experience. It's very it's very interesting, and it's you know part of why I do a podcast is to be able to bring together people from around the world 
to just to show, look, as much as we're different, there are similarities that show up over and over and over again. And it is so important. That's and that yeah. can be the basis of collaboration as well. You know, that it's mm-hmm. like we are. Yes, we're different. Let's honor those differences. And um, we're also not that different. You know? Yeah, and you know what? That used to really scare me, Doc, because um, I'm in little old Australia. We're tiny. We're only 20 million people, little country at the bottom of the world. I, I grew up watching like American movies and shows and, and English uh, royal families, and, and I felt like we're tiny. And I started, I started traveling to different parts of the world to run workshops, like first thing into Asia, places like Malaysia and Japan and China and South Korea and then the UK. And when I first worked in the US, I was so nervous, right? I was working in New York, staying in a hotel, got up in the morning to go downstairs, have my breakfast. I thought, I'm going to open a workshop in New York. And I was, I felt so tiny. I felt so little. I thought, wow, these guys are so much smarter, bigger, brighter. Like it, everything around me looked like a movie scene, like all the pavements and the steam coming out of the grills and the yellow cabs down the road. I felt so little. When I got in the room and I, I, I said, no, good morning and welcome, I'm Peter Anthony. I'm your facilitator for the day. And they looked up at me and they started paying attention. I thought, wow, they're actually listening to me. <laughs> they're actually listening to me. Yeah. And we had a we had a, a great a great workshop. It took me quite a while to feel like I was I was um, I was good enough or I was enough to be uh, in their in their presence. I, then I realized, hey, they're all the same. Uh, all these people are meeting in different parts of the world. Isn't it great? Whether they're in London or New York or Cairo or Beijing, they're all the same people. That's what that's what I worked out. It, it, there's two things about this. There's they're all the same people. And nobody has what you have, which means you have and you are enough. And that, like, that's the message that I really want each of our audience members to get is people are people are people. Um, Yes, they're different. Yes, they're divergent. That's awesome. Honor that. And because of that, you're different and divergent from who they are. That makes you enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that great? It took me a little while to learn that, a little while to realize that I was enough. And also, like, to your point, they're all the same. They're all the same. I'm I'm meeting the same people in different cultures in different countries with the same sorts of problems. So, of course, I can help them. Exactly. It took me a little little while to sort of get that, to, to to get into that space. See, I, I love, I love yeah. that we're different and I love that we have we have similar, like as humans, we have similar issues. It's great. It's right. And so and so because of that, back to you, we're able to collaborate, right? Yes. So, yeah. We're oh. able to collaborate, uh, share ideas and uh, ideally um, come to some meaning and some conclusions that are useful for people that they can they can uh, they get value from. Very good. And speaking of conclusion, I'm going to say we're at that point. So should you as a listener or a viewer want more, um, find your way to Peter Anthony Consulting. Um, and I will also have the collaboration guy, not the collaboration, collaborationguy.com. Both of those go to the same place. I'll have that as a link in the show notes. Peter Anthony Consulting. Um, I like that better because it's your name, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's well, like, it's you can go to dynamic leader or you can go to waynepurnell.com. They both go to the same place. It, but, you know what? Because you and I both take the Blues Brothers uh, motto when they, they went they went to Bob's Country Bunker. Rubber said, what sort of music do you play? We play country and Western. That's hilarious. There you go. We play both both types of music. We play country music and, and Western music. See. <laughs> That's awesome. And on that note, I will say, Peter and Anthony, thank you so much for being here. It's it's thank been you, really fun. It's been really fun. Thank you. All righty. This is one sharp sword cutting through to what matters most. My guest today was Peter Anthony. You can find him at Peter Anthony Consulting. We talked about collaboration and so much more. 
I am your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the Exponential Success Coach. We'll see you here next time. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the Breakthrough Success Coach and your Powerful Presence Mentor.